right. Hello and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf, and I'm coming to you from my office in Provo, Utah. And uh, man, what I'm doing in this podcast is recounting the last 13 years of ministry here in Utah. Our ministry has taken so many different shapes and forms. We started as a mobile church meeting in the conference center of a, a hotel, a, a Best Western. And uh, we did that for five years before we navigated a church merger and became multi-site overnight with buildings and staff in two different counties. We did that for a number of years before offloading that entire structure and uh, becoming a network of house churches. Now I'm functioning across the state of Utah. And as I look back on all that, I realize I would do pretty much everything differently. Every single thing I did, I would do differently. And so my hope is as you listen to this, or as you share it with uh, your church planting friends or your church planting team, I can just spare you some of the heartache and the frustration and the many, many missteps that I made, as well as just your time and your energy and your money. And so in this uh, these last few episodes, I've been kind of recounting that season leading up to what was our grand opening service, our launch service in 2011 here in Utah. But I've brought on some uh, several other voices um, the last several episodes, and, and that's the case today. Uh, some brothers sharing their experience during a similar time, a similar phase in their own ministry, and what they would do differently as they're looking back on it. And I think it's going to be really encouraging for you. So today I'm joined by my friend, Matt Manny, and he is coming to us from Pennsylvania. Matt, how are you, sir? Hey, Logan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation and uh, and be able to, to help and share whenever I can. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Why don't you uh, start for us and just recount maybe a little bit of your background, yeah. maybe a little bit of your faith journey and what brought yeah. you into church planning, and then you and I can dissect some of those mistakes you've made. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> the uh, Our story uh, starts, I grew up in Southeast Pennsylvania and um, grew up in multiple different denominations. And my, my parents, they kind of grew in their faith and had us in different settings. And uh as time went on, I realized that I felt God's call on my life to go into ministry and uh, and wanted to pursue that. So as the son of a church secretary and an auto mechanic, that was kind of a mixture of um, a little bit of the church conservative side of things, but also some of the greasy, you know, blue collar. And uh, so went off to Bible college and I, I got the bug of I want to I want to go big and I want to go loud and I want to have a big church, and the <laughs> church I grew up in and was trained in had um, uh, several uh, about a thousand people, and then mm-hmm. the college I went off to had about three or four thousand people. My wife's church that she came from had almost a thousand people, so it was like God, this is like this is this is in the stars. This was meant to be. So we mm-hmm. left uh, a very affluent area. Right now it's the it's the most affluent affluent um county in Pennsylvania and the safest city in all of Pennsylvania hmm. that we left to come to one of the second most dangerous areas <laughs> outside of Philadelphia and uh financially there's some challenges there and um and I thought that I was going to be the the different and like you had mentioned earlier our in our lead up conversation I was going to be the savior and yep. come and come to a place where people had kind of told me it's a graveyard of churches and I thought I was going to be the exception Yep. And God showed me 
very differently. I learned very fast that I was not going to come in and uh, yeah. <laughs> be the exception. Well, so, so, yeah. So, so what do you think? Because that is such a common thread. I was just having a com- the last episode. I had a conversation yeah. with uh, Doug Lane, one of the church planners I was telling you about, came to Utah and yeah, and yeah, not playing. And you know his his big takeaway from that experience was he had put his identity in the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you feel like because I because I had that savior complex as well. Do you feel like it was an identity issue for you, or was it just the zeal of at some? Like, what did what do you think led to that? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So I I think like I I I probably overshare sometimes, but but uh, some of the origin story. So I'm I'm 13 years old, and I'm going to a a, a good church. I'm going to a, a small private Christian school, and uh, seventh grade. I'm going into middle school. And my find out my dad is being arrested for um, tax fraud, oh my and goodness. he he uh, ends up loses his business, and God amazing, God works in amazing ways, and it, and it turned out okay. But I watched my my dad lose his business, lose his uh, reputation, lose respect of people, uh, a lot of rumors and things. The church was gracious and helped our family out through that time, lost our home, and. Through all that, I I lost a little bit of respect for my dad. Now our relationship's great today, right. but through all that, um, I saw the only male in my life at that time that I saw as a point of stability, who had respect, who had love of people, was the, my pastor. And so I latched onto that in that difficult time, and I made a vow at thirteen that I'm never going to lose people's respect. I'm never going to have this happen to me. Mm. And so I'm going to have to be like that guy I see on Sunday who's just stable, who everybody loves. So wow. from that point on, it was like, this is this is what I'm going to do. So really, and you know how that goes, really a faulty foundation to base your identity on, right? Yeah. So that's where it all kind of started. And it and it, it came back to, to, to bite later on <laughs> big time big yeah, time yeah yeah so okay so you moved in but when you guys moved into the the community you were it's just you and your wife at that point right or do you already have your family uh you got- so my wife we have my wife and then one son our daughter was born two days before launch day which was dumb what super stupid my wife didn't even make it to the first day so our daughter was born on thursday and launch day was on sunday i don't know we just wow. didn't, I just didn't time it right. So, so. was you okay? Because I did. Because I had a a whole episode about the brevity of time between moving to my community and launching. Yeah. How much yeah. time, just for the sake of our audience, yeah, how yeah. much time between you moved there and that launch service? Yeah. So we moved in middle of July of 2011, and then we launched uh, six weeks later, seven weeks later on September 18th. So maybe it was eight weeks. So wow. we hit hard. Uh, we handed out. Something like fifteen thousand flyers door to door. We mailed thirty. Two weeks before, I get a call from the town, the township building, from the inspector, and says the building that you have on your flyers is not zoned for church. So I don't know who you think you are, but you need to come talk to me before you. You're not allowed to meet there. If you meet there, I'm going to come and shut it down and find you and your organization. So, oh my God. So like, so you talk about regrets. So the building, the building that we had, we had to scramble and get a new building. My wife, she got shingles because um, she got she was so stressed. The doctor 
asked her like, Hey, you just had a baby. Is anything else stressful in your life? She's like, well, my husband and I are starting a church and we just moved to the area. And he's like, yeah, that might be a little stressful. That's a lot. So, yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Bro, that, so, okay. So we, you moved in July of 2011. We moved in May of 2011, a couple of weeks yeah. before, a couple of months before you, but we launched the week after you launched that we launched. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's, and I thought that was stupid how much little you gave you even went shorter yeah. than we yeah, went. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. That is insane. Okay. So for now you've now you've opened the can of work. So the building is not usable. Right. And so where did you guys end up meet? Because you've already paid to promote that building. So right. what did you okay? Oh my so gosh. My mentor calls me up and says, Hey, I didn't even tell him. I was so scared to tell him because I was like, I, this is doomed to fail. And and remember the whole time I'm going back to, I'm basing this off the mindset of, I can't fail. I don't want to lose respect. I have to like prove myself. Yeah. And so he, he found out, I don't know if I called him or somebody else told him, but anyway, so he drove down and to our area, which is, we're like 45 minutes to an hour from um where he's pastoring. And we just went from one place to the next. Hey, do you have a room we can rent? Calling around, calling around. We finally came across a, a Presbyterian church that and it was so again they're renting to the boy scouts the cub scouts they had another church already meeting there they had a daycare there and they wouldn't let us put up a sign so we literally they it was the only place we could find at you know to get our foot in the door this this late in the game so we come in we met on sunday at eight o'clock our service went from eight o'clock to nine o'clock we were allowed to have the sign up during the service but then we had to take it down afterward so we had people showing up to our service who thought it was Sunday school for the Presbyterian church. We had, there's an, a Lutheran church that was a block away and people from that church would show up. So then we met in the morning, the Presbyterians came in, a charismatic Pentecostal group met then after that. And then we came back for Sunday night. Monday was Boy Scouts. Tuesday was Cub Scouts. Wednesday we met. Thursday was AA there. And then they had daycare all the week. Wow. That church so, was ranking, uh, yeah. ranking in the, uh, yeah, they had a the lot rent- of, yeah, yeah. So anyway, money. it was just. <laughs> Yeah, we just did everything, and I, because I was afraid, Logan, and you know, I was afraid to ask for help the whole time. I was afraid. I was like trying to make decisions, and I was like scrambling, you know, yeah. stressing out, and 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 I was mad. At, you know what? This is dumb, but I'll just since we're going there, I was mad at my wife the whole time because she was was trying to keep up, and she works hard. She's so she's super strong, but I was like, man. If my family's going to hold me back in ministry, because I had a little bit of that old school mindset yeah. of, you know, the our mentor generation of like, work hard, love God, and he'll take care of your family. So you yeah. don't have to kind of almost, and then this sounds horrible, and I hope you don't get any hate mail from this, but like, that's kind I'm of a little bit. I'm going to it to you if I do. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but But it was like, I just had a lot of faulty mindsets, and I was really fearful that that people, you know, my family would hold me back. And so God really had to break me down. Um and changed my heart. So yeah, I did. A, yeah. It's a, it's wow. a miracle. We're still here. We're still that, here. Uh, that's incredible. Um, how far was that uh, Presbyterian church from where you were, were promoting your service? Like, did you, uh, it was, neighbor? it was, it was like uh, literally around the corner. So it wasn't, okay. it was like a five minute drive. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. bad. So okay. yeah. Very good. And how did you yeah. communicate that, that changed? Cause you, had- we, uh, we had locked in the Presbyterian location before our first service, Okay. So the, the first service was an old, um, the building we were going to be in was an old textile building that was built in like the late 1800s that they were converting into office spaces and there's a daycare there. And there was, 
a bunch of offices in there. It was like a kind of like a just open open spaces they were converting in, you know. And I thought it was like this is so cool. This is like the rough and rugged, and it's not a church building. So the, anybody <laughs> that came that day, we had flyers ready to send them to the new location. And so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so hindsight, um, would you have waited longer to launch your church? I would have. Um, I think, and I don't know if this would lead into a good discussion or not. I think if I would have known what I know today, I probably wouldn't have started. Honestly, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have planted, but God knew better. And it was almost like God lovingly blinded because the other thing too, is there's a lot of churches in like in the area too. Like there's some really, really good churches. Now there's 500,000 people in a five mile radius. So there's right. plenty of people. Plenty to go people. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, yeah, it was like, I don't know who's helping who it's like people get their dog. Like, I don't know who saved who. Um, but I think like, as much as I want to come to this area, and save people and change their lives. God took a whole city mm. and was like ch- just ch- 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 just chiseling stuff off my off my life. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's slide uh, ahead a little bit. You launch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and talk us through. Let's start moving towards what you and I had talked about just leading up to the recording. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, what was going on in the launch? What was the vision going yep. forward? What were you trying yeah. to do? What were you communicating to people? Yeah. So it came out of a came out of a super strong church that was very organized, very um, I would say strong on buildings, strong on finances, strong on programming. So really they had everything for anybody. So you take that at a church that's a thousand people, big staff, and I come down and I say, Hey, if you've got kids, we've got it for you. Well, we re, like I had small kids, but we didn't have a Sunday school class for children. You know, yeah. um, you've got teenagers. We've got a youth group. And it was like to fake it till you make it. Well, I was going to be the youth pastor, too. Like, we've got a full choir, you know, and that was me and my wife. You know, she plays the piano. <laughs> so we did we did like a missions conference and we had a Bible study. We did marriage retreats. I wow. Um, we had a guy in our church who. um he had rented some billboards in the area for his business. And he said, Oh, Hey, I've got a month. Would you like that for your church or for the church to be able to promote? And I was like, yeah, sure. This is great. So he's like, yeah, send me a graphic. And looking back, I'm like, I don't even want to tell you what I put on the billboard, but I got, I got it. All right. So I've done a a giant as a giant picture of me and our church's name. And it was the dumbest (laughs) thing ever because I'd seen another pastor do it. And my neighbors actually brought it up. Nobody, nobody in our church talked to me about it. Nobody ever like called the church about it. And was like, "Hey, that handsome man in a suit and tie." Like, so my neighbor was like, "Hey," and and he's a good Catholic guy. Like, you know, always busted my chops. He was like, "Hey, saw your picture out on Baltimore Bike. What was that thought?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What? What are you? What are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I'm just trying to promote the ministry." And he's like. Through your face, and like okay, dude, you know. So anyway, yeah. Wow. So we tried to run programs. We tried to have stuff for everybody, and in the midst of all that, you know, we're working with people who are coming from the church that supported us. We had we had uh, asked about forty individuals, probably about fifteen families or so, to come help us. So they're they're commuting, and again, that was a problematic because the idea was they would help us set the table, 
but then and get the they would be like the scaffolding maybe is a better way to illustrate it they would be the scaffolding to help us get the building going and then eventually they would move back you know and start yeah, attending yeah, yeah. so we had people commit to a year two years uh we had one or oh, two wow. families move to the area with us but of those families 12 years later or you know we have one two families you know yeah which is which is pretty good uh, after so, uh, over a decade. so how many people did you how many people was at your launch service so our launch service, we had we had um, like fifty people. Ten of those were just you know how it goes. Like, hey, I, Rama, don't, bro, I, I launched with fourteen people. So oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so so, I have no clue how it's supposed okay. to go. <laughs> yeah, so so fifty people. Ten of them were like you know aunts, grandmas, cousins. Like, okay, hey, yeah. we're 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 happy for you. Support, yeah, rah rah. And then and then we had a solid forty. And then over time, those folks kind of dwindled away, and we replaced those from people with the from the area. But over the 12 years, um, it was always like hitting the lid, you know, and, and I don't know if we want to get go there, but I read a ton. I, Nelson Searcy and one of his books was like, I was reading in my townhouse one day and I just read and read and read. And then finally, because I read enough books, this magic spiritual thing happened and we grew. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's what I need to have happen. So did he say, I've never, what is, did he say that? Yeah, and one of his books. I don't. I don't it remember. What book I was reading, <laughs> but he just said he read a lot, and he had like some older ladies that he went to go visit, and they prayed with him, prayed for him, and then the church he implemented systems and structures, and the church started to grow. And I was like, okay, I need to read a ton and implement systems and structure, and that'll be the fix. So I went from program oriented to systems and structure, and then Warren Bird, um, oh, you know, yeah. read all his stuff. Yeah. The, what did you like, read? So, read? Um, his breaking the two hundred barrier. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So read the hero maker, uh, read all these different guys, just read a ton, a ton, a ton, a bunch of um, John Maxwell because Perry Noble read John Maxwell. And then I thought that, you know, like, okay, I'm going to be able to, you know, learn from these gurus. But I think the all that to say, God, God wired me to lead small. I know hands down. Oh, hands, totally hands down. I knew that yeah. today because we've had, and you know how this goes. If everybody we've had walk through our door over the over the last decade would stay, we'd be a church easily, a church of like 600 people. Yeah. But the people that have walked through our door, predominantly the common denominator that, that all those people have had was they were hurt and they come and they heal and they they enjoy the culture that we've created and they get healthy and then God moves them on. We've had people get new yeah. jobs, people get married, people relocate. And they're doing fantastic now. Started, we've had people start businesses. Like God gave me a, a dream and a desire and a vision to start a business. And then they relocate. I'm like, why can't you stay here and have a business? You know? Yeah. Um, but we've stayed right around that 40 to 50 level. We have some big Sundays and things like that. But um, looking at how God's wired me, the area, and then the people that that connect with my style of leadership and speaking and preaching and my 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 temperament spirit. Um, I'm like. That, that that was a pivotal moment when I figured that out. Yeah, big well, big big change. Well, because that's very it's a that's juxtaposed to what you grew up in. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a huge difference to grow yeah. up in a ministry where you're talking, you know, thousand plus people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and then to go say that's not what's happening here in our ministry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so tie so let's tie some of these themes together. Obviously, okay. there's that identity piece. Yeah, that you hit on like I don't want I want to. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I, I don't want to be disrespect. I don't want to all this. And then yeah. it's 
it's fleshing out perhaps in a way differently, it sounds like, yeah, than what you, yeah. you may have envisioned. So what was anything yeah. learning so, in that process or was that over yeah. time? Because you've been there. You just said, remind me, how long have you been there now? Uh, that we'll celebrate our 12th anniversary coming up here um, in September. So 12 yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. I'm sure like me, like some of these other brothers I've had on the podcast, you're probably not where you thought you would be 12, no. Year, 12 no. years in. No. So, so talk us through a little bit of that that yeah. experience. So and I shared a little bit of this with you, and and my heart isn't to like to try to glamorize, you know, stuff or get gory details, but to for anybody out there to say like whatever their story or situation they may be going through, hey, like you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to minimize what other guys, other people are going through, but to say like just to give them a little bit of hope. So we had gone through all these different um different highs and lows. We hit a really good stride where we did a building campaign to get out of our rental space. We knew I knew that we needed to get something permanent. And so that was our big goal. And that was a really solid vision for us. So we raised, you know, close to 130, 30 grand from wow. our small little, like I'll never forget the day somebody dropped a check for $26,000. And I was like, I don't even know how to handle this. Like, it can, will the bank take this? <laughs> will they will you know? take this from? Yeah. Can I catch Yeah. It? Like, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, they, I was like, <laughs> I don't even, this is like weird, you, you know, because, um, you know how it goes. Yep. So anyway, we got into a, a, bought a, bought a building, got into a property, everything was going. I was like, okay, great. So we started making some changes and then I started getting the kickback from people. We moved. We think you're changing. We're not sure this direction. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, and so then it was kind of like, there's a little bit of rumblings there Then I got, you know, uh, from some other people, Hey, we think God's moving us on. And that's the last thing you want to hear. You want to like, you know, you know how it is. Like you got uh, a guy smiling. Oh, amen. I'm so happy. And then you go home and you're like, the kids are like, it's, Dad, why are you why are you so angry? I'm I'm not angry. If I'm angry, I'm not, I'll tell you I'm angry. <laughs> it's so hard because that's it is so hard. I tell you what I hate about those conversations. And this is neither here nor there with Yeah, go for it. But it's the person coming and telling you that has been thinking about it yeah. and has had time to think about it and process it. And then they just spring it on you before and, service. Right. And you don't have Right, like right, before, like you don't have the time or the space to process it and think through it, like they have. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like they've been. Oh, we've been looking at moving for the last six months, and just now, and they're going to tell me, and they're, yeah. lo- you know, it's like, well, you've had six months to think through it, and yeah. I've, bro, a lot of yeah. emotion comes up. Like I know yeah. all the, yeah. the, and it's hard not to take it personally. Right, and it's like, like it's like a bad day. It's like, listen, it's not you, it's me. It's just, it's me, and you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, you know, yes, that is such a man. That's a hard thing. Yeah. So in the process of all that and God was moving, but we lost, I think I ran the numbers. We lost 47% over, over a six month period, six month period. So we had, I'll never forget the day the payroll company called and said, we went to go ahead and pull your paycheck from the account. And there's, there's not enough money there. What are you going to do about it? We, my in-laws were in town. And I had to take the call and I walked out. We went to this like really famous place to go out to eat in Lancaster County and Pennsylvania, you know, here in PA. And um, I walked out of the bill and just my heart, like I had a panic, like an anxiety attack. Yeah. My father-in-law came out and he's like, Hey, what's going on? Can I help with anything? I'm like, I like, I, how am I going to tell my father-in-law? I can't take your care of your daughter or your grandkids anymore because 
I'm a, I'm a moron, you know? So anyway, um, we had to move, we had to sell our house. And again, if you remember 13, we lost our house. I'm, I'm like talking to my wife, Amanda, is this it? Like, do, am I not cut out to be a pastor? Um, and we had to pick up, I started driving for Uber, um, eats at night and then Amazon during the day and then, uh, delivering packages and then started, you know, and, and still doing, trying to pre- prep a sermon and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember sitting across the table for my wife, checking my phone to see if I could take, you know, Amazon, they would populate routes that you could pick up to go deliver packages and stuff. And so she was like, what are you, what are you doing on, on your phone? And I was like, I'm just looking for work. And so she said, like, I, I was talking to, I can't remember how she put it. Oh, she said, I was talking to your parents the other day when they came over for dinner and they asked me if you were okay. And I said, I can't speak for you. And that, that cut me to the core. We got into a big fight and -hmm. I was like, listen, if you, if I don't have your support, then I'm done. And if you don't think I can cut it as a pastor, then I wish somebody would be honest with me and have the guts to tell me to stop pastoring because I would have never done this if I'm this bad at this job. If everybody who's, and so we got into this big fight and she started crying Yeah. and I was, I was angry and, and it was at that point then, and we talked about this a little bit previous, but it was at that point I started, there's an access road behind our house that goes to a, that goes to a swim club. And I started thinking about, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to go, I'm going to dress myself early in the morning when my wife and kids are still in bed and I'm going to lay down next to the road down there. So when the ambulance comes to pick up my body, I'm a big guy. I don't want to be embarrassed and have, even after I do the worst decision of my life, I don't want them to have to carry me very far. I looked out my back window and I picked the spot out and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself there and I'm because I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. And if yeah. I'm losing my church and I don't have, you know, and people love me and it was Satan, Satan, man, yeah. Satan doesn't play fair. No, he does not. Um, so yeah, like, and that, that, that's where I was. That was my crisis moment. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. That sucks. And I think, I know it's not, and we again, we I know we've already hashed this out privately. Yeah. So that's not, yeah. a, that's not a unique I feel like every church planner comes in thinking one right. thing and right. and they get into the just slogging it out day in and day out. And you're right. There is it's not just the work, the nature of the ministry. There is an enemy looking to destroy it outright. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I think it's I appreciate you sharing that and the vulnerability there. Yeah. It, it lets I think it hopefully hopefully the guys listen to this, they're going through it themselves. I'm giving them permission yeah. to tell someone that. Like, man, yeah. I am not in a good place. This is not yeah. what I signed up for, not what I thought yeah. it would be. So yeah. That sucks, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so in the midst of all that, the next step was um I had to have a real strong coming to coming to moment with Jesus kind of thing. Yeah. So what happened? And and uh so we finally um I feel like if people listen to this and they haven't planted churches yet, they probably won't. Let's stop here. The point, 
We are not trying to dissuade anybody. Yes, yeah, from thank your you for that. We are not trying yeah. to discourage you, but there is, I think there's aspects of it that don't make it into the books or yeah. the, the radio yeah. programs or something. So go ahead. Yeah. Brother, keep, keep so so I think the thing that changed everything for me was um, we, so about four years before this whole thing happened, we had a car fire in our driveway, a... <laughs> A for a church member's ex-husband, Amanda testified in court in a court case for a child support um battle. And the day after Christmas, he ours he he torched our van in our driveway at four o'clock in the morning. Gosh. So for four years, my poor wife, she like she wakes she would wake up every day at four o'clock and, and in a panic and she couldn't sleep. So her way of dealing with it was to look for homes on Zillow and Realtor.com. And that drove me bonkers because I'm like, we are staying here. My family moved a ton when I was a kid and moving means failure. I'm not going to wow. work a second job because that means like, so I just, I just was really not being spirit filled. And so finally one day she, she was in the bathroom. We had just had this like big discussion, you know, the stuff that you don't want any of your church members to know you talk, you know. Yeah, like because pastors don't fight, right, with their spouse, <laughs> and so she's in the bathroom and she's she's crying. And we hadn't, if I think back now on it, there's nothing that precipitated, but she just was was crying in the bathroom enough that I could hear. And so I, finally, I like knocked on the door and hey, like, are you okay? What's going on? And she she said like I I just don't think that you understand. I'm not trying to make life more difficult. I don't feel safe here anymore. And then it like it clicked for me. Like she, wow. she's not trying to be argumentative. It's me. I'm the problem. Like, hey, Taylor Swift, it's me. <laughs> so um, I'm the anti-hero. Uh, so so I was like, okay, I give. We January 1st, we called a, a realtor friend of mine. He came over two days later. That weekend, he had he said, in a month, I'm gonna come back. You got a month to get your house ready to go. We took a month to redo everything. And by February, we had it on the market and we sold it in a week. And then we looked for a new house. We re we moved then by April after everything had gone through. And we moved in April of 2019, got into a better financial situation with our house. And then the pandemic hit 18 months later. And I was, mm -hmm. or no, not, not even 18 months later. Uh, no, it was, yeah, just about a year later. Uh, you know, March of 2020, I was like, God, you just saved us from uh -huh. this massive. I had no idea that you were working. Yeah. So it's all these like little things that God does in these crazy ways and getting our attention and chiseling away those rough edges. And like, and, and I wish, I wish I could understand hindsight's 2020 that God is shouting, like, I love you. I Amen. want the best for you, my son. Amen. Like I am for you and I'm for your wife. And and through all that, God God really got a hold of my heart. And like, you know, even shout out to my my wife. Like, she I hated driving by myself. Like, I'm I like to be around people. I hated driving the the gig stuff. And so she worked it out with our schedules and stuff that she would go with me when we would deliver packages. <laughs> I would drive, and she would navigate, and the kids would call out the numbers for wherever we were going, and she would hop out and drop the package off at the door, and we did it together. Wow. So one of the things that we had we had talked about that's been the saving grace for us for our family 
is you can go it's it's like a it's like a Nigerian proverb um or an African proverb that says you can go fast alone or far together. Yeah. So we're like, okay, this is, you know, that's been kind of a guiding family principle for us. So, you know, fast forward, um, God chiseled off those things. As I mentioned before, um, helping me to understand, understand that I lead small, um, and it's okay to be small. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and to learn how to pivot. And so he's giving us now this, a whole different ministry arm through writing, uh, we picked up some some you know learning how to produce books and journals and devotionals and materials, and so it's really been exciting. And there's other other opportunities now that we're starting to get into to be able to reach people through other avenues of writing as well. Yeah, that just never God's God's just opening up doors now. Never never imagined, but we couldn't do I couldn't do it if I was pastoring a church of 150 250, you know anything that I thought I well, wanted to do. And so here's the. It's always interesting to have people say that. You're not the first one to have said that. Where the mistakes brought you to where you are. Yeah, yeah. So, like the nature of this, a podcast like this, where you're rehashing mistakes, I think we have to acknowledge. I mean, you and I and any other guy that's been on here already. Yeah. If it weren't for the mistakes, yeah, you wouldn't be the the man, the husband, the pastor, the church planner that you are. And so there is this. I don't think you like. A purpose, and you know, is to encourage these guys behind yeah. us, and to do give some advice and point some things we do differently. Yeah, but I don't think you can ever wait till you get it all figured out either. Like, no, no, you got to jump into it and just yeah. know that in that journey, God is going to yeah show Himself faithful, and He is going to shape you, and He is going to chisel those things away. Yeah. And that's that's just part yeah. of it. You can't. Yeah. You're not going to have a, a a perfect, you know, conflict, turmoil free kind of journey. That's just not the nature of life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but so let's go back because you, you touched on it before we circumnavigated all over the place. And then now you just mentioned again, you weren't doing what you thought you were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. You grew up in these larger ministries, had grandeur visions of grandeur for what you would be doing coming in here. I'm going to be respected. I'm going to do this. I'm going to see this through. Uh, and this, you know, 12 years later, it looks very different. Yeah. How were you, how did you what did you have to shake off in what you were the processes you talk about programs and systems mm-hmm. what did you put in place that you realized this is in our setting in our context in our you know mission field this is superfluous like yeah. what 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 did that look like that you brought in that you said ah actually this is stupid i i i can't point to a i can't point to a moment or an event where it was like you know in a movie like oh this is where the hero realizes what they have to do <laughs> you know but I can say act two. I yeah, I <laughs> I finally realized this is gonna sound so dumb, but it's not about me. Hmm. Like it like our our church and ministry started out with a billboard of my face, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um but it's not about me. And I and I pivoted and realized that my job. For whoever walks through those doors, however many people that may be, my job at the end of the day is to help people take their next step. So if they're not a believer, the next step is what can I do to help you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? If you're on the other end of things and you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, what can I do to help you to become a mentor to other people that need some encouragement? And then everything in between. And as soon as I changed that my mindset, things began to change for me. Our church 
we start at 1045 and, and without fail, we'll have, you know, maybe five, six people in the audience. But by 1145, when we're wrapping up and going to dismiss, we'll have a good 30, 40 people there. But for every Sunday, and, and you know how this goes, every Sunday, it's, we've got an older church and there's an old, the, these big, tall, you know, 12 foot solid wooden doors. The church was built in the eight, 1870s mm. and the, we still have the same latches there, you know, the same handle. And when somebody turns that latch, this little piece of metal clicks and it's just that right sound that it echoes through the, the auditorium. And it was like Pavlov's dog because I would hear that click. And I would literally get a, a hit of dopamine in my brain and I get mm. excited. How many people are going to walk through the door? And, and, and it would just like, I'd have dreams about it where I would hear that click and okay, who's going to walk through the door? Cause it would like, it was like, I was like a, like a crack addict, you yeah. know, like addicted to this sound. Wow. And, and now to this, and if I didn't hear it, I'd be upset. You know, I'm trying to lead worship or preach or whatever. I didn't hear the click. I didn't hear the click. And then now it's gotten to the point where, I've learned, and I'm starting to do a little bit more study about attachment styles to God and to other people. Um, that's a whole other discussion. But I realized I had, I was looking for fulfillment from people from the click. And it doesn't matter how many people show up, how much money comes in, that God has given other avenues of ministry and fulfillment outside of Sunday morning so that my joy doesn't rise and fall on Sunday. Yeah, And that no matter who walks through the door, I don't have to like, hey, what can you do to help grow my ministry? To yeah. what can I do to help you grow in your walk with God? And the Logan, the pressure that I can't, I'm sleeping so much better now. I can't even <laughs> tell you. And and it's not easy. And I still struggle with it. But and you know how it goes. Sunday night social media is like death for us. Man. Because everybody posts Man. numbers and pictures. And I'm like, I hate every other pastor out there, like with a with the <laughs> passion. And I'm like, I don't care that you like whatever, know. you know. know. But I would go on there and I would kill myself and I I get angry and like, okay, it's bedtime. And the man's yeah. like, Were you on Facebook again? I'm gonna sneak on your phone and delete all your accounts. You uh, know, I had to, I brother, I had to do I deleted it yeah. for that very reason. And my wife was a big proponent of me getting rid of it. I'm yeah. back on it just just yeah, recently. Me, yeah, yeah, no, me too. but yeah. it's like for that yeah. reason, man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but but I like um I hit 40 and and well and, and I'm I'm 41 now, but I I'll say there's there's moments. So here here are the three seasons of my life, four maybe four seasons of life that I, I look back and I'm like, you have, you have to go through it. And, but I hated it. I hated middle school. I hated seventh and eighth grade because it's awkward. You're just yep. kind of figuring out life. Yeah. Um, I hated dating because you know, you're like, I just want to be married. I hated, I hated the first year of marriage because <laughs> you thought everything was going to be great. And then you and realize huh? like, wait a minute, who did I marry? Oh, you know? Man. And then my thirties, I think my thirties, cause I, I felt like I had something to prove to everybody. Yeah. Um, but I read years ago, I read that, and, and this is hard cause this is not biblical necessarily at all, but a guy was saying as a child, you figure out kind of who you are, uh, what, what you have your interest in, in your teenage years, you figure out who your friends are in your twenties, you figure out who you want to spend your life with your thirties, you figure out what one or two things you really love to do and you can't stand anything else. Mm -hmm. And then your forties to your, to about 60 or so 
is when you really come into your own. And all through my teenage years, my 20s and 30s, the people that I held in high regard and respected, and I pointed at them, and that's my hero, that's who I want to be like, without fail, were in their in the prime of their career in their 50s you know, yeah. or so. So my 30s, I'm like, I have a lot to prove. And now I'm hit, coming into my 40s. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have anything to prove to myself, to other people. You know, you probably heard the phrase, nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. That's right. I'm like, okay, that's that's every day I got to wake up to that. That's so. good. Man, I'll, okay, man, that's good, brother. I'll, so I want to tie this back to a um, conversation we had with our brother, Chris Murray. Chris Murray is another guy here in Utah, started a church yeah. plant, not church planting at the moment. Um, but he talked about a mistake he made was falling in love with this ideal church in the future and not yeah. owning that process. And it yeah. sounds, you're not worded it that way, but it sounds similar yeah. where oh, you yeah. help come yeah. with that vision of like, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. And not aspirational. Ask, nah, that's the word aspirational and yeah. not just living in the present and owning what God gives you yeah. Yeah. Um, and trying to create something. And I did that too. I mean, I, yeah. and I, yeah. you know, I created all that, like you said, like with the programs and the systems, we put yeah. all that mess in place. And of course you had, man, Everyone on this podcast has had more people than me. So, no, <laughs> every, no. uh, but that first that first full year after our grand opening service, it was just yeah. me and my wife. So, yeah. like, I'm trying to create all these programs and systems for two people. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's just the let's have a staff meeting, I, bro. You, <laughs> yeah. Don't you're laughing like I didn't? You're laughing like laughing like I didn't do that. I mean, how stupid! Yeah, but it's like, but how much if I just owned the situation we were in? Yeah, and loved that. um, Yeah, and the people that you know, there's a there's some studies that's been done in Utah with people coming out of the the Mormon Church. Yeah, and it depends on the study look at, but one says it takes someone leaving the Mormon Church seven gospel interactions. Another one says seventeen. Either way, you know, it's not it's this process of someone coming yeah. to faith and you, you don't know which encounter you are. Like you don't know yeah. if you're encounter one or if you're encounter 12. And I mean, praise God, we've seen some encounters 17 where people have gotten saved, but that goes like you were just talking about stewarding, like those people that come in for the season and you want to pour into them and care for them and wherever they go, just being a good steward of now. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I want to do that too. Like, right. Yeah. And that is so much more freeing. It's because I'm yeah. just owning, like, he just, this is what he's given me today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to yeah. own that today. And I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to get distracted by what yeah. I, you know, what could be or what may be coming yeah. down the road. It's, yeah. I think that's a, when I'm hearing your story and I, that's a good takeaway and a good reminder yeah. for me, bro. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's your, let's, let's we kind of move towards some application outside of yeah. that takeaway I've made. Anything yeah. else you would just tell a guy coming behind you starting yeah. maybe coming from the same situation he's coming yeah. from a big church like yeah talk to him. i would i would say i would say right now here's here's what's going on you are you think your your answer to loving god and doing ministry is all about how hard you work mm. you are working yourself to death but here's what you're really doing here's honestly what you're doing you know you're not working yourself to death you're worthing yourself to death you are so convinced and you've got your work and your worth so wrapped up in each other, you've lost, you've lost the there's you've blurred the lines and you've lost sight. And I, I say this out of love, but like there is no amount of love and respect that's ever gonna fill that need in your life. Mm. There's no amount of worth. Um I'm w- walking with my wife the other day and she says, Listen, 
Um, I love you, but I could back up a dump truck full of love and encouragement and affirmation and pour it all over you, and it still wouldn't be enough. And you have found that in God. And I said, wait a minute, sit. You said, you said, I still need that. I haven't. And she said, no, you, you, you have, you've changed. And that's, that's encouraging yeah. to hear your wife, your spouse acknowledge that God is working in your life. But I think, I think to tell my, my friends out there to say, like, listen, it's okay. Like yeah. things aren't as bad as you think they are. And, and you're working. Like let's put it let, let me put it this way to to whoever's out there. Yeah. If you had somebody from your church who came to you and said, I want to go plant a church and I'm going to take my my wife and my kids and I'm going to take everything I have and and put it on the line and I'm going to do my very best. And they go and they they just start something, anything, no matter how big or small. Would you be proud of them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think about if I had somebody come to me and say, Hey, Matt, I want to go start a church outside of Philly. I'm going to take my family. We're, we've got them to do a set of property. We run, you know, 30, 30 people or so on a Sunday morning. And we've been there over a decade. We're raising our kids there. Our kids are learning to love people and love God. We're helping people take their next step. I would go, Man, like, wait, I am so proud of you. I am so, so proud of you. <laughs> Like, I, I I can't tell you how much joy that brings to me. Yeah. Well, how much joy then does God have over you and what you're doing? Like, don't dis- discount what's happening and what God's doing in your life. God is so proud of you. He's so proud of you. It's good. Brother, I appreciate that encouragement, and I appreciate yeah. you sharing your story. And, and uh, yeah. man, just the vulnerability and the transparency. Thank you so much. Yeah. I hope uh, this has been helpful for you as you listen. Um, again, this is everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series. If you found it helpful, please pass it along to your church planting friends, your team. If you know a church planter, someone who's either preparing to go has gone, please, uh, send this their way. Uh, and again, if you found it helpful, we'd appreciate if you'd leave us a a rating or a review, uh, that way others can find it and find it helpful as well. I was joined today by my friend, Matt Manny in Pennsylvania. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Logan. I appreciate it.